off. Go off, sis. Go off. <laughs> you know I'm with the shit. That's why you called me in for this. <laughs> you knew Did what it was doing. recording? I don't know. You know I'm going to gas you up. You know I'm going to hype you up. <laughs> <laughs> sis, what the fuck planet did we get sucked uh, into? I am still in love with you. <laughs> so, ah! from um, all over the place, really. She's lived in as many places as me. 
um she moved to Miami about a year ago from Dallas. I'll I'll have to tell you off the record who she is, um, mm-hmm. because her her story is actually it's a really intense one. She's had um, a, a very close encounter with the police, um, and they ended up crashing her entire business, her whole life. So, wait, she had a close encounter with who? The police. Wow. Yeah, so I will, you know, that's not something that she's come out and talked about yet. So, yeah, yeah, you know, she's beautiful though. I was like, Who yes. is this? She is so beautiful. So, don't um, let me come down to Miami. I will flirt with her. <laughs> Everybody keeps trying to get money. My sister is like, Who is this fine bitch working for me? Right. Like, oh, and I met her name is girl. <laughs> <laughs> everybody off buddy and buddy she she's like she could go from she could wear a tie and lipstick like she's just it's so androgynous it's a beautiful thing um so yeah that's actually what i'm artist. attracted to is a yeah. yeah yeah really really beautiful soul um i've been actually a lot of my inquiry and a lot of the things i've been thinking about over the last few days have been with her because she's just mm. here with me in the house house like 10 to hours a day every day so wow that's the type of worker you need i'm so glad you manifested her girl i hope she stay you know these motherfucking listen there's only like three cancers that haven't run you know screaming <laughs> you know they're too sensitive though you girl, know working with so- me being my friend they can be my friend they are the, some of the best friends i have they're actually not afraid of me as a friend but working with me, I'm a different kind of, I'm a beast, yeah. I'm a monster, I'm a different kind of, you know, human. Yeah. Um, but when you have sense, I'm a little more civil, you know. Well, so. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> don't want no <laughs> dumbasses on their team. Like, Listen, at that's all. ability. It absolutely is, but I don't think a lot of people, they don't consider those things. They don't consider um, what effects they have on the work and how yeah. important that is. So, you know, it gets a little, it gets a little ghetto over here in Team Bossy. I'm not gonna lie. One, one star. <laughs> one motherfucking <laughs> star. <Okay. laughs> Listen, seriously, it gets it gets a little a little messy. She messy, okay. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Like I've been I've been reading a lot of the news lately. I've been, you know, seeing a lot of stuff um just because you know i i think was it you that i reached out no it was sent about to lie i reached out to her and i was like now i need to i need to know what you do to stay current stay on top of the news um and stay grounded and peaceful and happy with yourself because reading all of this shit that other humans are doing and the extreme measures people will go to to not understand one each other, one another. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just makes me not want to tap in. It just makes me want to be over here in my little corner, my little pot of land, and do what the fuck I'm doing. Right. And you know, not not be aware. But I just something in me is like, no, girl, you have to know. Like you, you have to know what the fuck is going on so i reached out to her um and was asking her um 
how she does that. She gave me a lot of good tips, which I talked okay. about on the live on my page. But then I reached out to you. Uh oh, am I the bad friend that gives all the bad advice? You're not a bad friend. You're the friend that I can say the things that I really really want to say. You know, the things I really think and I really feel. And being, you know, the the Sagittarius that I am, always in pursuit of knowledge. <laughs> always willing to admit that I'm wrong and I do change um like yeah. I change my mind on things um it might take me a while but I do change my mind on things where I am right now though um, right is looking at this it's all and it's weird too because it's almost like what the fuck can I say and not say because on one hand I'm not trying to crash my business one from pissing people off mm. um, like my customers off and then on the other hand not trying to say too much of what I really think and get my whole shit uh, removed you know right that part <clears throat> you know because on you know on one hand uh, the motherfuckers who who you know the, the people who are in control of these social media and things they don't care they don't care no, they if, you, don't. if it's connected to your business they don't care you know, how you feel at all. They don't care. They'll shut your shit down. And then on the other hand, I really, I feel like there are some people who have my my website bookmarked and they'll find me regardless. They'll, you know, they'll mm-hmm. find a way to go back in touch. Um, but I think most people just don't care. And I definitely believe that by next week, um, maybe, maybe it'll take a little bit longer than that. I'll give it I'll give it four weeks (laughs) Mm. the next four weeks people gonna be talking about something different they're gonna be talking about something different that's true not gonna you know uh, I think the thing that is most pressing today because when I first called you I was like you know I was talking about how I feel like there's only one solution to this problem um and it's the bloody one, like is 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 the violent mm-hmm. one, and it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I follow some people who are <clears throat> very love and light, and they're talking about being positive and you know nonviolent. And I'm just like, you know, 35 years ago, when the the move created and established their own community and wasn't fucking with nobody, they got bombed. Five mm-hmm. their children dead, eleven people total dead. You know, and ninety nine right. years ago, when Black Wall Street was popping and Tulsa and people trying to have their own business and do their own right. business, they shit got set on fire. So let you know, we tried some things. I feel like as a community, and we tried none some of it things. clearly was effective, girl. So you know what? And it's funny with that too because. You know, I just kind of feel like my mother has this saying. I don't know if I told you the saying where she and it's something. It's it's so funny because my mother is like you've seen pictures of her. She's like bougie ghetto. Like my mother is like really like fancy and you know high class and shit. But my mother's got that ratchet in her, right? So my mother, yeah. she told me when she was dealing with um her her she was separating from her husband because he was cheating on her and the mistress was trying to come at my mom and my mother like just read her like my mother like handled her the way my mother handles people but 
you know, <laughs> my mother told me that sometimes when you're dealing with motherfuckers, you have to learn how to speak motherfuck. Like, you heard mm-hmm. that word. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, first of all, I heard it for her to say that. It was like, for that to come out of her mouth. Um, but yeah, she said, sometimes when you're dealing with dirty people, you got to get your hands dirty, essentially. And that's mm-hmm. the only, you got to help, you got to speak a language that people understand. Right. You know, and so, and that's always stuck with me. And that actually is what helps me when I'm trying to deliberate if I'm going to, you know, throw a hex on somebody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, okay, is this the, is this the language that they're speaking? <laughs> right. You know, and so I feel that, you know, with this, um, you know, if peace works, if you're dealing with, um, microaggression but this is not microaggression <laughs> this right. is like a parent overt like in murder you know what i'm saying right of, in your face of, broad daylight record me if you motherfucking right. want to right it's not so gonna thing, change anything it's not it's gonna not do gonna, anything it's right. a fucking psychological just a, a the worst kind of mind fuck. Like nothing you do is gonna matter. Nothing you do is gonna stop right. me or make me not do what the fuck I'm doing. And then I think about history. I think about the only, you know, um colonized country in the Western Hemisphere that won its freedom from an actual true revolution was Haiti. Girl, what was that? Eighteen oh four, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. When they did the when they did the uh, the ritual beforehand, and, mm-hmm. and some people say that uh, spirits came down and possessed the people, but you mm-hmm. you know that's just what they say. I don't know. I wasn't right. They started decapitating <laughs> yeah. motherfuckers and putting heads on spikes. You know that's that's the, that's the story. Right. That's the only only country that actually won its freedom in the Western Hemisphere and in the diaspora from a actual revolution. All the even Cuba, like all these other countries, didn't because I mean they it didn't. Um, you know, even with the the Americas, you know, with North America, you know, earning its freedom from Britain. The only reason why these other countries were able to gain their freedom for the revolu- through a revolution was because the European uh, powers were bankrupt. They were going bankrupt because they were also fighting each other. So there was wars within Europe between Spain and, and France and, you know, um, the different European countries. And then they also couldn't fund the wars with each other and afford to maintain their colonies. So when these people started having these little bit of revolutions, the Europeans were like, well, fuck it. We'll go ahead and just release it because we can't afford to fight two wars. You know what I'm saying? So they didn't get bloody the way they mm-hmm. hate, like Haiti. Like Haiti was actively murdering anybody that was not dark, like black. Or a slave. Listen, <laughs> when I was in Haiti, just uh, <laughs> what was I? In Haiti? I was in Haiti sometime last year. Now I was in Haiti. They was mad because the gasoline prices were too high, so they were they blacked out the city. People, you couldn't go anywhere. They were yeah. they were um, setting shit on fire down there, just fucking it up. Like until these motherfucking prices come down, we yeah. got a 
So that's what I'm you saying. Know. Like, you know, so yes, you know, like I'm I'm looking at history and what has really worked. And, you know, and it's sad because, you know, I don't like chaos and I, I really don't like, you know, collective energy. However, I don't like oppression and, you know, (laughs) you either. And I definitely don't like the idea. Yeah, not feeling safe to go exercise. After they killed um, Arbery, I was like, I, 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 you know, I just bought a bicycle, but I had that thought like, (sighs) I can't go ride my bike because I might get killed. I really had that thought in my mind, like, you don't know, and I live in racist-ass Florida, you know, people people really got Confederate flags and shit hanging outside their fucking trailer homes and shit, so, you know, for me, I'm like, let me stay in the house. I haven't been going out as much. Right. I haven't been leaving the house, so I'm... For me, it's like, and then I think about the fact, because anytime I have that thought that I don't want to go ride my bike at night because I'm I'm afraid or because I don't know what could happen, motherfucking racist run me down and keep going type shit. Um, and the next thought is, well, I could be sitting in my motherfucking house. Right. Somebody roll up in but, here. Right. Yeah, I just um, was talking to my um, friend when I was visiting in North Carolina about um, how to get a gun, you know, because he got well, a yeah. Oh, no, I, I printed up my application um, <laughs> yesterday. We, we definitely, yes. Can yeah, you like, be taking me um, this week down to the shooting range, submit my paperwork, and I'm getting a gun, too. I, I actually it, want many, many, many guns. Yes, and you know what's funny, too, because you know, then my friend sent me this article. Apparently, you know, the police were harassing somebody in Vegas, um, maybe a, a day or two ago, and someone else shot that cop in the back of the head for harassing a civilian. So, like, I'm like, okay, yeah, shit is real. But I and it's sad. It's I have news. not heard about that. Wow. I'll send you. I'll send you the article. Yes, yeah, she sent me the article. Of course, you. You know, that's not something that they putting out there. Of course. Girl. <laughs> you know, she lives in Vegas, so it was on the local news. That's how she knew, but that ain't something that they're mass broadcasting, you know. Because then it's just like my thing is, but I feel that as sad as it is, you know, to see people dying, it's like, yes, if people knew that there were consequences like that for that type of behavior, they would be less likely to be harassing people, period. Girl, you know, you know, even just on a witch level, if every time a police officer harmed, brutalized, um, or murdered one of our men, one of their children ended up dying under mysterious circumstances because uh, somebody threw a hex on them. Now, is this something we can publish on Spotify? I, girl, if, if the whole, listen, if the podcast gets shut down, oh, well, let me just tell you this. If they had a hex put on them so fucking bad that every time they did some fucked up shit like that, one of somebody they loved died under mysterious circumstances, I think they would get spooked the fuck out. Mm. I've been thinking about that for days. I'm like, dude, maybe I need to, I was thinking that maybe I needed to um, write a spell for that and give it to witches, but I actually found one. 
Yeah, girl, because, you know, and that's another thing, too, because a lot of people don't understand, like, people think about these African traditional religions, like, and it's mainly Ifa and Lukumi that kind of, you know, because it's, you know, it's the more forefront religions and they're pretty that people think that it's all about, you know, peace and all that other shit. But, you know, I know that once I got scratched in Palo <laughs> and I started learning more yeah. about the mysteries of Udun, like, you know, that shit, those, those religions are all about warfare. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so they, and have there to are, they have to be, that's, you know, and, and of course, Palo is about healing too. You know, a big part of it is about healing. But the other aspect of that is that it's, you know, there's whole spells that people can do where you can hex somebody's lineage for generations. Girl. You know, like yeah. if people really knew how to tap into that shit, like, you know, so now you're not only you having your gun and you're making sure your household is protected, but then you got your spells, you know, spiritually protected, then there wouldn't be, I mean, I feel like we're all coming back into these gifts for this type of shit. Like, yes. <laughs> it, there has been a mass revival or um, whatever the op- opposite of a exodus is. <laughs> a revival, girl. Return, you said it. Okay, a mass re- revival of um, our spirituality, which I'm very happy to see. I know for some people listening to this um, who are black or of African descent it may be frightening at first, right? Like it took me years to unravel and disintegrate those fears of going to hell for for acknowledging any black divinity. And I started to actively seek for it um, and to remove myself from the worship worship of white gods when I was 17, I'm 31 now. Right. So it took me a really right. long time to to become fearless. And you know what? One day I was just so tired of myself working on this problem because you know, for me, I like I like my my solutions efficient and permanent. I like to right. solve a problem so I never have to fix right. it again. I'm you know, I ain't got too much patience. That's why for me, I'm like, I've been thinking about the solutions, I've been thinking things through. I'm like, it it appears to me. And I keep coming back to this, that there is only one solution. Mm. Just one. Right. You know, know, and and maybe that's when we can kind of, and I guess I'll address that. Oh, we can't be both here and address that is spiritual war. How to, how to really participate in spiritual warfare because, you know, war costs. So if you were actually in a physical war, it costs money, resources. If you're yeah. in a spiritual war, it costs money because materials and energy. Mm-hmm. So because wars are expensive, I, one, do not engage in wars that I know I'm not going to win. <laughs> and mm-hmm. two, I don't engage in wars that are going to be drawn out because I don't, I'd rather, you know, be putting my energy into other things. So what yeah. that means is that if I'm going to be engaging in warfare, I'm making sure that my one shot is the final shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like none of this back and forth, none of this long drawn out shit. You know what I'm saying? Which means that then when I have to engage in warfare, I have to look at um hard hitting results that might make some people, you know, me or because I used to kind of be uncomfortable about hexing, you know, in the beginning. I have to consider am I gonna if this person gonna live after I throw them in a pot. You know, I have to consider you know, um, destroying their business. I have to consider 
affecting their children. Like I have to really, you know, but those are conversations that you have to have yourself when you get engaged in spiritual warfare. You know, but at the same because against somebody against another sister, yeah, but against them, no. Not for me. Well, yeah. I feel like right. there's no conversation. But but you know what though? Me and you feel that way, but not everybody, you know, we still be Which is that. why I said that. Like you <laughs> you know, y'all people have been returning to the the black ancient gods, but you really have got to get over your fear of retaliation from an yeah. old white, angry, jealous god. Right. Right. That whole and I'm talking about the not the actual existence of it, but the the concept of it. It's a psychological thing more than anything else. It's your it's your extreme fear that you will perish, that you will burn for eternity for mm-hmm. believing in a God that is your original God or that looks like you. But but you know what I told myself? I said if this whole thing turns out I really don't think it will. But if it turns out to be a sham, because I was so tired of myself. I was like, bitch, you mm-hmm. need to get over this hell shit. Okay. <laughs> First of all, this is hell. We live in hell. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we really going to have to get over this bullshit. And you know what I told myself? I said, well, bitch, if we go to hell, we just go become a demon, bitch. Like, that's what the fuck is going to happen. Right. I'm going to just join the, the, bitch, I'm on whatever team. Where we at? I'm on that team. Fuck that. <laughs> right. Okay. I've been praying to God my whole fucking life. And now that I have found black divinity, which is why I left the church, because I, as a young black girl, could not stomach worshiping an old white male God. I could not do it. I I have had these conversations with people for years about the striking absence of Mm. black divinity, black mystics, black superheroes why do our little black boys have all these little white action figures why are those the your superheroes your gods why that is Mm. that is so Mm -hmm. that word the word damaging is not enough it is it is the most psychologically damaging thing imaginable Mm. to not only have your god to be an old white male but to have all your superheroes all of your your characters in uh, with supernatural abilities to be white, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. That's what's wrong with people. You can't watch your whole life for years and years and years. You can't watch for thirty years white females having supernatural abilities, magical abilities, in in beautiful technicolor, you know, mm, and that right. not affect you and think that right they that's possible for them but not for you. So one of the things that we definitely discussed in addition to being willing to hex people and their children, (laughs) (laughs) period. Right. The only people that I have a hard time hexing are people who used to be friends and are people who I love and are other black people. I don't have a problem. Like I don't have a problem. Right. I don't. You know, and I'm a little bit evil on the inside anyways. I love right, an I opportunity. Help. Right, me too. Like, you know. I love an opportunity. And, you know, I, I only ever feel bad or I only ever feel like, please don't make me. Please. Sis, right. <laughs> just call my phone. Let's just talk it out. Let's, when it's a black woman. That's the only yeah. time I feel that way. 
Right. And the other it's time, like, I'd be like, who can I call don't come up to my house right now? Where can I get some animal pots? Where can I get some animals? <laughs> you know, anyway. It's like, please don't make me go there. Just please. Mm-hmm. Like, please don't make me pull out this, this black candle. Please don't make me. This. Go, please don't make me go to the butcher place. Right. <laughs> Girl, when I moved to my new house, I was walking past all these big ass um ant hills and I was like, ooh, somebody can get at this. Somebody can get there. Okay. Oh my goodness. It's girl. about to be so summer. Crazy. I'm like, oh. I'm I'm over here plotting a way to get some maggots uh developed so I can anyways. Um so yeah, yes, we, I'm ready. I'm ready when you are. <laughs> yeah, let's bad. talk about some shit. Okay. Some maggots, bitch. Ooh. Ooh, I'm like, who got something to say so I can slice up in this motherfucking rotten tongue? Who, who the fuck got something to say? Put some motherfucking maggots in the... Anyways, let's get back to something positive. Okay. So here's what oh, I was saying. Know- Right, you know, I, it's so funny. I thought, I was it you? It might have been somebody. It made me think of you. Um, that posted. It might have been you, or it might have been somebody else. But there was like this meme that had like this horse, like hot coming out of like um, like a, like I don't know if it was like a well or some type of like half closed pool. And on the on the top it says Sagittarius. No, it said, "Are you talking about me or something like that?" Like it was like a horse popping up <laughs> off the ground, and then someone Girl, the I don't said, know what that is. Yeah, somebody said Sagittarius would be like, <laughs> "You no, talking I about me?" This. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need to see it. I have to find that meme and send it to you because it totally made me think about every Sagittarius I know. It was like popped out of the horse was literally popping out the ground and it was like are you talking about me or somebody talking about me or something like that i was like yo i'm off the chain girl my you know my absolute favorite thing is that people think i'm nice that's my absolute favorite thing (laughs) (laughs) i love that Oh, I love it. It's the best thing for people to think you're nice when you ain't nice. Mm-hmm. Because you smile a lot and you wear pink lipstick. Right. They're like, oh, she's a sweet witch. She's out here trying to get, you know, she's trying to get everybody prosperous and, and paid and snatched. You know? <laughs> Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Right. You ain't never seen what's this got in that closet, okay? <laughs> right. But anyway, um, one of the things that we did discuss is the tremendous power of artists, which I would mm-hmm. love to talk about because I know that, you know, I, I'm talking about the the glaring absence, right, of black divinity, black mysticism, black superheroes, black mm-hmm. superhumans, you know in our art, in what we see, what we watch, the media Mm. we consume. Mm -hmm. And the reason that that's important um, is because when you consume characters, 
you begin to, whether you are consciously aware of it or not, you begin to um, take parts of them into yourself. You want Mm -hmm. to put them on. You want to associate yourself with them. You want to say their words. You want to, you know what I mean? And it's easier for you to do that when they look like you. You see this a lot with people putting on costumes and doing cosplay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and wearing, even wearing, even wearing the, um, even wearing the t-shirts, but um, having the action figures and, mm-hmm. and having the um, comic books and things like that. So one of the things um, that I have been thinking about is that if you want change, you do not, in a society, you do not go to those people in the society who are the most rigid and the most committed to tradition, the ones who get paid for tradition, they're compensated in a myriad of ways for things to be the way they are, for the status quo. You do not go to them, the most stubborn, the most calcified. You go to the fluid ones, the ones who are seeking something fresh, who are constantly seeking inspiration, who crave change like food. You know, you go to the youth and the artists. And I think that the artists have always been the ones to to change society. Oh, yeah. I think they've always been the ones to change society. And this is just, just a lot of it is intuitive because I'm not a, a very big history buff. I know that you are, you're political science and um, historian, <laughs> yes, among other things. The muralist movement in Mexico with um, uh, Freda Cayo and Diego Rivera yeah. was political. Um, I think about the Harlem Renaissance was political. You know, we talk about like, people still talk about how all the artists and musicians and poets that came out of the, the that Harlem Renaissance were, um, how influential they were. I mean, we talked about the Italian Renaissance the other day, like, you know, um, I mean, I can go on and I can pull all kinds of, I was listening to Rage Against the Machine the other day. Like you, you know, I don't know if anybody has remembered them as a, as a band, but. I've heard of them. Girl, their lyrics and the shit that they were talking about back in fucking 1992, you know, like, in the same shit, you know, police brutality and, you know, the programming and everything. I'm like, they were talking about this shit like 30 years ago, you know what I'm saying? And how, you know, and we're talking about rock music, which already has a huge influence. So I was just thinking about, damn, how are they doing shows and getting away with saying the shit that they were saying back in the 90s, you know, when I really was listening to Rage Against the Machine again. I was like, oh, wow, like they was, they was bold, bold with their message, you know what I'm saying? But we're talking about bands and the grunge um, movement that came out of Seattle, you know, so then you're talking about Green Day and, you know, Nirvana and all those other groups, like very political, very um, you know, social commentary. Like, girl, I can go on, so don't even get me started about <laughs> about that. That's, but that's to me, that is what's most interesting. I think that if we're not gonna, you know, start arming ourselves, then one of the most powerful things that we can do is, you know, especially for those of us who need peace, right? So there are a lot of witches who prefer 
expertise and I honor that mm-hmm. and ignore the reality of that, right? So right. for those who desire um, peace or who desire peaceful protest, I think that the most effective things that people can do in addition to cultivating their health and establishing wealth for themselves and um, educating themselves on a continuous basis, especially about um, history and current events and, you know, the oppression in this this country mm-hmm. and in the world is creating. Yes. It's creating. There are a lot mm-hmm. of fucking artists who hold themselves back. Mm-hmm. They hold themselves back. Russ, you know the Italian artist Russ, um, he he did every part of his um his music producing, every part from the beats to singing to rapping to mastering to recording, like he did every part of that for himself. Um, and there are a lot of independent artists who have to do everything for themselves because they don't yeah. have any resources to get started. They will not allow anything to hold them back. So artists as well as um, POC and especially black entrepreneurs really have to take this, take on this um, warrior attitude mm-hmm. where nothing will stop you nothing will get in your way nothing right. will prevent you from getting to the work but artists mm-hmm. in particular because you can say like I could give a lecture right and people show up and I say the words and I deliver the message and whatever or I could you know and people walk away and they're like oh I, you know they're inspired for that day or for that week or whatever but if you make a song, mm. you write a song, or mm. you write a book, or you make, or you um, you write a play, right? Or a screenplay, paint paint a portrait or whatever. Girl, girl, that's, girl, I have people in Vegas that can still quote some material from my poetry from doing open exactly. mic, fucking like exactly. six seven years ago, like yes. <laughs> Because people, when you, first of all, when you get a little wine in people, a little herb, a little popcorn, you know, when you get people into a relaxed state, this is real. This is psychology, mm-hmm. sis. When you get people into a relaxed state where they are walking around the gallery or they're at the open mic event or they're in the movie theater or they are in the regular theater, <laughs> um, and... <laughs> they are relaxed and they, you know, they put on their best clothes. They're feeling amazing. They feel refreshed and they feel comfortable. And then you prevent, or you not prevent, you present the information wrapped mm-hmm. in drama, wrapped in lights, wrapped in character, mm-hmm. wrapped in, you know, wrapped mm-hmm. in music that will get deeper, not only into their hearts, but literally into their psyche, into their subconscious, mm-hmm. into their mind, than if we sit in a room and let's do a lecture. You, When you entertain and inform at the same time, 
I think that's the reason that artists are the ones who have always educated and changed the world. If you look at cultures like hip hop culture, they determine what we're wearing. What is our, mm-hmm. our <laughs> what are we saying? Like you girls our from Miami, right. everybody talking about period for the last year. Mm-hmm. What are, what's our language? How are we dressing? What are we doing with our bodies? What's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What's cool? What's, what's hip? They control pop culture. What's popular? What's popping? Um, and I think that elite families have always known this. Um, and I told you this, right? This is why we mm-hmm. started talking about the Italian re- Renaissance because you have always had some form of a patronage system, right? Where right. the elite, um, of the world, right, and the elite in various societies have controlled the art by controlling the artist, by Mm -hmm. controlling their livelihood, Mm -hmm. right? And in modern day, in in Hollywood and, um, you know, and wherever they're doing music, a lot of times that's the label or the studio that is controlling Mm-hmm. you know the the artist so I, I said it the other day I'm gonna say it again long live the indie artists out there those people who own their work who find a way make a way who know how to collaborate who are more interested in making a name for themselves than mm-hmm. in you know being able to say they were signed by this and that label um and I, so I think that's the only, I think if we are going to do a peaceful route or peaceful route, that's the way to do it through the artists, yeah, through the art mm-hmm. and the babies, through the youth and the artists. If right. we're not going to do that, if we're not going to invest into our artists, if we're not going to take fucking care of them, if anybody in this fucking society should be starving, the artists are the last Okay, they're yeah. the last people who should be fucking starving when they <laughs> set the trend, they set the tone. Right. They are the creators, they are the thinkers. They actually put in that time and that work to see things differently, right. to imagine a new world. Right. So if we are not going to be supporting the artists, we all might as well just go ahead and get armed. <laughs> right. Cause I feel like it's, you know, the I think that's the best option. But you know, um, I, I just, you know, there are so many different ways that the elite control, especially with the advent of the news. And it's like what six organizations that control all the media outlets in the world, or in at least in this country. I don't know if that's for the world, but it's like six organizations. Yeah, that control all of yeah. the news. So we really have something special right now in the world with this person-to-person sharing of information because so much of this stuff is is like there's so many public records and you can go look into things and research things and and find it yourself. We have the time now. Yes. A lot of this, you know, um, population control stuff is going... um, it's backfiring because people ain't got yeah. time but to do some research and order books and yeah look at articles and you know so people and their people are slowing and love down on their babies and love right so people are slowing down so they're not because they're not in this sense of hurry and rush 
softness and they're, you know, they're a little bit calmer. They're not so quick to just follow whatever's being presented, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but, you know, that's another reason why a lot of this other emotional stuff is getting stirred up because, you know, what nobody really, really worried that like that about the, like there's more response to this racial stuff and, you know, than it is, but it's because, it's triggering black folks and we are like we are the carriers of um, like emotion like emotional madness Mm -hmm. so if you get us riled up then then you can you know make some things happen so now that black folks are riled up (laughs) yeah you know so but yeah i'm definitely excited to talk about this stuff so yeah girl whenever you were ready i'm ready when you are i love right now how people are demonstrating like uh, when when the the numbers started to come out and this is I have people on my page people I'm in business with who have been sick I have people who have lost relatives so understanding Mm. that it's a a real thing but um, being the way that I use my my brain you know and being someone why you gotta say it like that io why you gotta why you gotta say because, it like that because though? here's the thing that people don't understand i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you why and i know some people are gonna be like fuck this bitch she a stupid bitch i understand but let me tell you something because this is the thing people don't get when you go to college for journalism they teach mm. you how to find information, which people are really good at, right? You don't even have to right. try these days. You can just follow the account and the information pops up on your feed. But the right. other thing that they teach you is how to interpret mm. information. So you don't just get to say to me, this many people out of these, you don't just get to say to me, a person died, right? A person died of this mysterious illness. Everybody quarantine. Of course, mm, we have people right. who are like, well, <laughs> historically, when we quarantine, we only quarantine the sick. So why are the healthy having to say that? You have people who 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 do think critically, obviously, right? Mm. But <laughs> if you if you have ten people standing right here, and one of them died. Or let's say, let's say a thousand. If you have a thousand people standing right here and one of them died and you want the other 9,999 to go hide and and bury a hole in the ground and stick themselves in it and run away and be afraid. It's like, well, let's look at the numbers first before we do that. It was less than 1%. You were so right. It is so funny because I know when political science, um, our, our, like our 101 and 100 classes, like our foundational classes. Yes. They talk like about this statistics. is first year shit. Right. <laughs> they talk about statistics, you know, yes. and they were saying that. As, Required you know, course. Right. Because I know like for a while I wanted to be a policy writer. So I wanted to be the one that writes the policies that politicians present um, to yeah. vote on. And so you use statistics in order to, you know, either for or against your cause, you know? Yes. Um, so yes. the first thing that they taught us was how to really analyze statistics. So they were saying, like, for example, you know, somebody will, and it's always like the crime is always like the best example. So they will say, yeah. okay, somebody will come and say, 
a, a mayor will come and say, well, we need to um, uh, have harsher, we need to have more police force and harsher laws because crime has risen 50% in the last year. But they're not talking about how the fact that the population increased so that it right. automatically increased the crime or crime or job is, loss, for instance, or job loss. Right. Or they may be looking at crime in one area that already has a high crime rate and not opposed mm-hmm. to like another area, like how they'll twist the numbers and twist. the And they always do right. This. Always. Always. Right. And one of the first things that I realized when, because my mother was sending me the death toll number every day. The oh, reason wow. that I went and I, I looked up the numbers of, of how many people compared to how many people there are in mm. the country is because I needed to remove the feelings of fear that I was starting to feel. Right. I use my mind in ways that will make me be better, do better, feel better. Right. So if it's just... mm -hmm. Right. I was going to say something else, too, that is interesting is, you know, so I, you know, I work from home in the benefits center and I take calls from people who want to roll in benefits and such. And, you know, when someone passes away, they report that, you know, because obviously they no longer receive their benefits because they're deceased. What I, first of all, the calls of people passing away through the COVID were very low. Like if I got, you know, five people that called to report a death of a family member, it might've only been like one person that was like, oh, my family member is in the hospital for COVID or whatever. So I found that to be interesting. But I also realized that for every one person that was reporting as deceased, there were three or four people calling to report a birth because that's a life event. When you have a birth, you want to add your baby to your insurance. So that kind of really made me feel good. Like, you know, when we think about, like there's a lot more souls being recycled and people birth yeah. into the world and there are transitions. Yes. But people are so focused on the death aspect of it. They're not seeing what comes after death, which is birth or rebirth. Like it's a it's a it's a cyclic thing. But I understand, you know, because you know when you have family members that pass away, it's always sad, and we already don't have a healthy relationship with death in in the Western culture anyway. So of course, those things are gonna we're gonna lose sight of that stuff. You know. I would like for people to take away from this conversation that you don't just follow. First of all, you, you, you have to think too. And that critical thinking means that you don't just swallow a bunch of information that Uh. you take information from various, like multiple sources. And then you interpret you have to weave together the story, right? With journalism, there's a story here. In order to take this to make a story, you have to interpret information and you have to pull it all together. Mm-hmm. Right. So it started out as not even COVID, but this the you know, this whole situation. Um that's uh, didn't even it did not start with Mr. George Floyd. 
it started with us being kidnapped from Africa. <laughs> right. Right. You really okay. want to talk about what it really, what really started with. It started with us being kidnapped. It started because, uh, you know, and then everybody wasn't kidnapped. There were people who were already here. So, you know, having our land stolen, having our people stolen, it started a very, very long time ago. I actually read something online today. Um, that I think speaks very powerfully to, but anyways, what I want people to take away from this is that you have to think and not just follow. And you really <laughs> right. need to, you have to maintain a certain control over yourself right? and not just lose your shit in a reaction. Because let me tell you something, when you see protesters, you see always, always, always our side is pissed the fuck off, they going off, they hype, they, you know, whatever. They're yelling, they're screaming, and that's fine. And then sometimes they're silent and they're organized and they're marching in yeah. their and I love those. Um, I think those are extremely um effective. And if we're talking about a you know peaceful protesting, I think that that one's the the really really amazing one and then i saw a real some really spiritual ones too where everyone's gathered in a circle they're not even facing the police they're not thinking about them bitches I love they're standing those. in a circle yes mm-hmm. they're standing they got a cypher going they they got babies right. on the ground somebody's calling to the spirits like mm-hmm. those are those, those are effective and beautiful and powerful um protests that will change lives they will change lives and not just the lives of the officers, but the lives of the protesters as well. Um, but what you always see is no matter how like free form, I'll say free form instead of peaceful or chaotic. So no matter how free form we are on our side, they are always, they are always in a formation on their side. Mm, they are true. controlled. They are armed. They yeah. came with a plan. They yeah. had seamless communication. They did not show up here to fucking play. Okay? Every time. And that is what strikes me the most when I see these photos. Right. Is that they are moving like militia. Okay? Mm-hmm. So... When someone is throwing information at you, the least helpful thing to do is to become emotionally undone. Yeah, you can't do that in war. That's how I know these none of hardly none of these motherfuckers have ever really had a warrior in <laughs> been in a war because if you're in a, a battlefield and it's you and and you in hand to hand combat shooting whatever, the moment you come and done, your life is like you you're dead. You're done. You know what I'm You're saying? Dead. Like you, you have to maintain. Like so, that's girl. That's what I'm saying. Like people don't want me to talk, but what I really want to say because, like for example, this was talking about how the National Guard's been out here. Um, I haven't yes. really been out, so I don't really know what is going on in the, in Atlanta. Um, but he was saying how the National Guard has been around, and um, they're like patrolling and stuff like that, and. You know, you know, National Guard is just one step from the military, basically. And <clears throat> he was saying that, you know, people were a lot less, they were a lot more subdued when the National Guard showed up downtown. And I was like, well, this is the reason why don't nobody want me to organize no protests, because what I would do if I knew the National Guard was coming was I would set up a diversion 
and a, and a fake ass protest in another part of the city to get the National Guard to go there and then have everybody go where the real shit is and fuck shit up in the real part. You know, like, <laughs> yes. but this is why I don't participate in these things because I would have a whole thing that would get a lot of people killed and me put in jail. No. <laughs> I mean, we can't live. Can we laugh about that? Because <laughs> you know, because I let me tell you, I keep coming back to this thought. Like, I want to have a fun life. I want to have a good life. I want to have a prosperous life. I want to focus my time, energy, and attention on establishing, establishing, and creating wealth for my family. Yeah. And I go and I've been thinking about this since I was 17 years old. When I was 17, Spirit said, You need to learn how to fast, fight, and pray. Hmm. 17. Okay. And my biggest hope, my my dream was to have a family with a bunch of babies and to be married. Um, when I was 12, I wanted to be a single mom. So <laughs> we didn't get into the psychological implications of that. But um, when I was 17, <laughs> right, you, like, like, I'm I'll like, take oh. the babies. You can keep the man. That's how my right. was. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the babies. I wanted to have a big ass <laughs> I wanted to have babies. But anyway, so when I was 17, I'm like, I want to have a family. I want to have a farm. I want to grow food. I want to, I want our head to be nappy and natural and long. And I want us to be black as fuck. It, you know, just learning about ourselves, our history, have a really peaceful life. But how am I supposed to, and I, you know, being a witch, being a spiritualist, being, you know, a person who studies universal law, I'm like, am I going to do the creation where I have to sacrifice myself? you know, mm-hmm. for some, some change, or am I going to do the thing where, um, you know, in, in, in the infinity of life where I am all as well, which one are we going to do? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Cause mm-hmm. I really feel like how, how peaceful can life possibly be when somebody is over here with his fucking knee on my brother's neck? Right. That don't I sound think like about a the, peaceful life right. at all. I think about the fact of me having children and I may have sons, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to live in a world where I have to be worried about my son's life, his whole life. Like it's not just grown black men It's because they shooting kids, you know, (laughs) babies too, you know what I'm saying? And so I don't want to, because let me tell you, somebody killed my son, I'm fucking everything up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I couldn't imagine as a mother having to live with that. And I, I would and I would not be that crying mother on TV. I'm gonna be that mother blowing up fucking police buildings. Like I'm shooting and killing the family of, of the police officer that killed my son. That's the type of mother I would be. You know, they'd have you to know, put my ass on death row. You know, so I girl. can't like but I don't the fact that I have to have those thoughts though. And actually really right. That's the world we live in though. Like what the (laughs) fuck? Why did we sign up for this world? What are we supposed to do here? Right. You know, because that's part of the reason that I haven't had children is because I'm 31. Mm -hmm. You know. I feel I'm red like I've been thinking about babies for years. So you know, that's one of the reasons I haven't had children is because this world is so fucking disgusting. But then I Who always think, like, 
Yeah, it's a disgusting world. Disgusting. Yeah, he said that with disgusting demon people. Yeah, I always feel like what what am I gonna do? Like I I can't bring someone here, but then I always think, well, one of our babies could be the the one who cures some shit or who right, you know mm-hmm. who builds the first city under the ocean or like it, just so many different things that could possibly happen. Be you know be the one to I don't invent some some new shit, you know. Um, maybe like make <laughs> hovering cars or something who the fuck knows right. my baby could be the one who does some shit right so it and i always feel like that when you murder someone in cold blood you really don't know what the extent of the loss is for the mm-hmm. world when you mm-hmm. do that how we are held back where we could be so far along right we could be time traveling and shit we could be immortal we could have figured out a way to get these bodies to stay young and healthy forever. but you motherfuckers want to kill each other like what the fuck is wrong with humans that's mm-hmm. what i want to know what the fuck is wrong with humans they don't appreciate life or the earth. So that's what I be thinking about. And then I'm, you know. So it's a lot being a black woman. <laughs> Shit whole country. But I don't know. I, I think about that a lot. Um, one one thing I can definitely say, and I do want to share this quote with you because I would love people to understand how... Um, powerful um the psychological fuckery is and how deep it it goes um and i i think this is important because people i don't, I don't think that people take the psychology stuff as seriously mm, as they should, as they should. Mm-hmm. you know and i did i did go from studying journalism after t- and this is why for years i would not read the news because after being a journalism student for two and a half years i was depressed from reading i we were we had to read um four or five newspapers we had to like read at least the front page every day and we had to check into a minimum of three news channels every day you know, my um, ex-husband, that was his major. Um, he, that's what he got bachelor's and his master's in. And, um, and it, was, it, was, it was hard for him. <laughs> yeah, it's depressing. It, yeah, it fucks your it, brain, yeah. especially that young, where you're, right. you're just on campus having the time of your fucking life and everything's amazing. And you're, and you're smack dab in the middle of your whole days having a fucking blast. And you're reading the insanely heinous and disgusting things that people are doing to each other. Right. Often every in your day. own neighborhood, in your own town. Right. Um, every day, you know, without a fucking break. So it was a mind fuck. And I ended up going to psychology. Um, and before I read this quote, I do want to say for, you know, all of the people who say Black Lives Matter, those of you who are saying it because it's trending, uh, and those of you who say it because you really fucking mean it, one of the things that I always, <laughs> one of the things that I always think of um, when I hear this is that Black Lives Matter means two things, at least to me is one stop killing us before we kill you and Mm -hmm. two 
And two, let us live. Let us reach our potential, create for ourselves, have a fucking fun time, enjoy things, you know. Um, and then anytime I hear people say Black life, Lives Matter, I always think Black Deaths Matter. Mm. Meaning, which is why one of the first things that I I was like driven to do was to find where Blacks are buried around me. So I started looking for slave cemeteries and I actually found, um, you know, the most prominent um, African-American cemetery is 10 minutes from my houses. 10 minutes. I saw that. You said it was neglected. You're organizing a cleanup. Yes, girl. And it's like, it's overgrown, but girl, I was going through that, that, um, that cemetery It's all kinds of work, bones, bound up boxes, food, dead birds on the grave, all types of stuff, like all types of work left on top of these graves and they're above ground. Yeah, that's the best cemetery for some work but it also <laughs> somebody is... still works there but she doesn't come very often so I have right. to try to get in touch with her before I roll up with a bunch of people but I mean yeah. it's just overgrown and it's like it's the cemetery where African Americans were born late 1800s early 1900s mm. and I'm just like I have got to acquaint myself with these local spirits because Y'all not about to just let these trees grow over these. And they're raised graves. They're not even like headstones. I they're saw entire that. Higher right. raised graves. Right. But they're so. not even mausoleums either. You know, like. Girl. That they're just they're one just, flood away from there being a big problem. Girl. <laughs> I'm like, we got to do something about this. <laughs> we have got right. to do something. We got to honor them. Yeah. When are you doing the cleanup? Them. I want to do it um, no later than next week. I have to mm-hmm. try and see if I can catch this woman at the cemetery. Um, it's actually Before locked. You. Oh, okay. The gate is okay. locked, but I've been going through uh, through a different way. Um, yeah, there's well, always this always cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I know it's a different way into this motherfucker. I'm, I'm gonna find it too. But anyways, um, I wanted to start working with them because. Um, a lot of black families have not, and you know, we have our wakes, which is a spiritual practice, um, that we have, I guess, kind of modernized and, and preserved, but I really want to, um, I really want to get into the practice as we return to our spirituality. I want us to get into the practice of elevating the dead, right? So yeah. giving, like, giving them water, giving them offerings and and essentially I the way I see it and you can tell me how you you think of it too I essentially see it as um supplying them with the things that they'll need for their journey for their transition and I oh I think of that I think of that Mm -hmm. a lot I'm like okay so we over here protesting shit and and going off but ain't nobody setting no candle I mean I'm certain some people have um but we have to we have to set those candles um right like that path make sure he has things to refresh himself i think i'm gonna write a story about this so that i can properly transfer 
this idea uh, into the minds of whoever the fuck be listening to me, child. I don't even know. Who <laughs> Apparently, it's a lot of people be listening to us. <laughs> Girl, some people, some people really do. They really be like, right. okay, well, "What Io saying? What she doing?" And I'm just right. like, child, watching y'all asses go off on the internet and post black boxes. I don't know what the fuck y'all trying to. Do. God woke up this morning. I was like, "Why is everything black?" Because I I got on Instagram this morning to read more news and everything was right. black. Everything was black. And I was like, Black Lives Matter has been completely overtaken by this blackout thing. And I'm like, do people even know what a blackout is? A blackout is a war tactic. A blackout mm-hmm. a blackout is yes. when they turn the lights off before they kill your ass. Or yes. it's the literal suppression of information of the news imposed on the media by the government. That's what a blackout right. is. I'm right. like, I feel like somebody is playing us right now. That's how I felt. When I woke up this morning, I was like, why is everything black? Yeah, I, I was like, right. I was like, what is going on? And it wasn't exactly clear. And then I was like, okay, yeah. But then, you know, people don't understand. This is people who've never studied history or, you know, yeah. you know. Or looked in a dictionary. Cause that's right, because that's like, right. Because every dictatorship has always blacked out the media before they, or coups. That's how coups start. You know, they, they start blacking out the media or suppressing, you know, the the information that's put out before they go and they kill the current leader or before they start, you know, um, um, taking over shit or, you know, and or initiating human rights violations. So I'm just like, what are y'all doing? Girl, Girl. and then it, it turned out that that wasn't the plan at all. And I was like, okay, y'all can't just start. And it was a lot, a lot of, you know, it was some non-black people, a lot of non-black people doing it too. And I'm like, I don't know. I understand the eagerness of people, especially in a social media space where there is such an extreme. And I've never, me, I've never noticed this before. I don't know if maybe it's just because I don't be paying attention to bitches online, but I've never Uh noticed such um, a pressure to post yeah in ever like i've only i've been on social media for like 10 years now i have not ever seen that where people are like like requiring other people to post the information that they write right and i don't know it's been really weird like just so anyways, because there's that pressure, you see a lot of non-Black people making sure that all their followers know, like, I'm with uh, y'all, Black Lives right. Matter, you know, it's, <laughs> right. and, you know, for me, it's just a little bit of a, a silliness. Right. Too, but see, the funny like, thing about that is that my white friends or my white allies, they've always been with the shit. And right. so they they were talking out against the stuff before it was popular. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's funny to me to see, you know, like, because my, my, my white friends, they be checking other white folks, like, because one of the That's what um, they need to do. You okay. know, see, actually, that's your job. I, right. I actually screenshot it. I'm going to actually probably post it tomorrow, but 
my friend Amanda, she had post Black Lives Matter, and then somebody else down, of course, came down and said All Lives Matter, and she was like, no, don't, we're not, she, that's what she said, she was like, we're not, no gaslighting, don't do that, like, this is, this is intentional, this is what we're talking about right now, like, she, <laughs> she had me rolling, you know? I can't believe that people are still doing All Lives Matter <laughs> in response. Right. You got a girl. Right. So Why post anything when you could just shut the fuck up? I right. don't understand. Right. She was like, no, this is not, don't, don't gaslight. It's not, no. We're not but it's crazy it because people get, they get attacked for posting. They get attacked for not posting. <laughs> you know, if they don't post what you want them to post, they get attacked. It's like, let's all stop attacking each other and attack this motherfucker. Like, let's attack, right? This, you know, and I right. know the post I saw where they said it's not white versus black, it's racist. It's it's racist versus everyone. I think that's right. Important. That's important, right? Okay, so let me read this this uh thing i read this on blanco's page from blanco i love following her because she just she cusses everybody out all day every day <laughs> and i'm just like you know i remember those days i don't have you know she she just does it so beautifully her voice is so hypnotic it's like she could dead ass be cussing you the fuck out and it would just be like <laughs> it's like her voice is a lullaby um, but yeah, so she posted this um, from Lord, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm going to assume that it's Lord Macaulay, uh, his address to the British Parliament on the 2nd of mm -hmm. um, February, 1835. Okay. So he mm -hmm. says, I have traveled across the length and breadth of Africa, and I have not seen one person who is a beggar, who is a thief. Such wealth I have seen in this country, such high moral values, people of such caliber that I do not think we would ever conquer this country unless we break the very backbone of this nation, which is her spiritual and cultural heritage. And therefore, I propose that we replace her old and ancient education system, her culture. For if the Africans think that all that is foreign and English is good and greater than their own, they will lose their self-esteem, their native culture, and they will become what we want them, a truly dominated nation. I remember reading that quote once. Yeah. That is so real. That's mm. how you can have black people worshiping white gods. Mm. That's how you can have little black girls with white baby dolls mm. and little black boys with little white superheroes and people telling you that, you know, or people um, having this like inherent distrust of black business and black business owners and just assuming that the other thing is of a higher quality or better mm -hmm. in some way. That is real. And we have to, we have to, um, and even as Black people, we have to constantly question that within ourselves. For a long time, like before I went to the HBCU, um, like in my late teens and early 20s, if it was history 
if it was information being shared with me by a black man, I automatically assumed he didn't know what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. I had that in my mind. And when somebody called me out about it, since then, I have checked myself anytime it happens. And it still mm-hmm. happens. I'm me. I'm right. me. And it right. still happens. But as I've gotten older, I just assume white people are lying. So it's getting better. <laughs> Right. It's getting wow. better. Now I'm like, mm, they probably are trying to get my money or like <laughs> right. Something is off automatically, you know. Girl. Mm. Long road ahead. long long road but I'm excited and I think in addition to knowing that black deaths matter and being a devotee of Santa Muerte there is a confidence there and I think that um, in addition to I was going to say acquiring but uh, partnering with and establishing relationships with gods black gods of war mm-hmm. if you're a black person you really need to acquaint yourself with your dead with your honorable ancestors and girl. with gods of dead of girl, de- uh, gods of death girl you ain't say nothing but a word you so right they on need that, that. <laughs> they need that mm-hmm. Because it will make you less terrified of death and it will give you an extreme confidence. Because when you know, when you know that in order to get to you, they have to go through Oya or through, through Santa Muerte, like, girl, (laughs) right, right. And, you know, then if you have a partner that's also practicing with you. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not just my warriors they got to go through. They got to go through Sukkot's warriors, too. It's not just my ancestors they got to go through. They got to go through his, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you have a whole (laughs) arsenal, you know, and that that unit and that unity, um, it makes a big difference. Yeah. big, big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Big difference. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was healing for me. I don't know how the people who listen to it are gonna feel, um, <laughs> but I feel good. Yes. So. Oh my goodness! I love how we just be talking. Addie, are you recording? I didn't even realize you were recording this whole time. Girl, yes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> It wouldn't have mattered. I still would have said everything I said. <laughs> I know you would have. I know. They oh might not goodness. know, but I do. Listen, Queen uh, <laughs> unpopular opinion. She said what the fuck she said. Absolutely. But there's so many thoughts. So many thoughts still. And I'm oh, I'm personally still, you know. I'm still uh, reviewing things. Yeah, at this time, I just realized, because we talked about having relationships with your dead and your ancestors, Um, you know, I recently had one of my muertos come down, and, you know, from what was relayed back to me, um, because, you know, I want people to understand what possession is, you know, um, 
you know, possession is, it is, you know, when you allow yourself to really become one and integrate with the spirits that are, are around you, your spirit guides and your, your spiritual core. A lot of people are scared of possession, um, but, uh, you know, people of color, indigenous people, that it's a gift that we have, you know, to be able to channel that energy and be a vessel to that energy. So, you know, a lot of times when you are mounted or possessed, you know, you don't remember when you come, you know, when you come out of it. So what was relayed to me was that, you know, one of my spirit guides came and warned everybody who was at the Mesa saying, you know, things are going to get worse. Like, prepare yourself. And she had some very specific instructions on what to do to prepare, you know. And so that's my, you know, we, me and you, we talk about ancestor reverence. Like, that's the type of stuff that comes through when you're that connected to your, your spiritual core and your ancestors. You know, they provide you with another type of armor. <laughs> you know um another type of um you know they provide you with a uh you know your your preparation to where you, then when things go down everybody is wondering well how can you be so calm well this is why you know because i have i've been warned i have the spiritual backing i know i've been told what to do you know and i trust and i have faith in my ancestors that's another reason why i'm good you know, that's the other part of it. You know, people be getting messages from their people and they they doubt it. They question it, you know, but then they don't doubt when the news tell them something. And that's when that goes back to you saying what you were saying about thinking critically and really integrating and, and um, really being um, practical with with what you're being presented with. You know, so it's like on one hand, your your people are quick to to trust the source that is invested in you failing, but then you got Ooh. your people coming to you, telling you what you really should be doing, and you don't know. Like, what the fuck you mean you don't know? <laughs> yeah. Like, what you mean you don't know? So, yeah. you know. But yeah, that's, you know, we have to be willing to really have a, you know, talk about that. We have to be really willing to look at that type of stuff. Like it's not just an external revolution, it's an internal one too. You know, if the status quo is going to fall, that means all the status quo needs to fall, including our own held beliefs. And that's what I'm seeing too. You know, um, if you're gonna throw bricks at, you know, the establishment, then you also have to go throw bricks at your own um, beliefs that no longer serve because it's it's across the board. If it don't serve, don't serve. You yeah. know, so you can't go out and protest and light fires and carry signs and then come home with the same fucked up mentality doing the same fucked up shit. <laughs> and so that's and the, that's the thing I that strikes me the most. Like one, I'm I'm going to be well. I am already. I've already saved quite a bit. I'm working towards um well quite a bit for me because I don't I don't really I've never really saved. So I've been saving money because my spirits told me to. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm gonna be buying land at some point. Right. And, you know, I just feel like some people are going to leave this week and then be, you know, on top of the next um tragedy. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. And that's sad. That's even sadder, actually, to me. Yeah, just like for people, whatever's current, whatever's current. <sighs> so with that, then, then my whole thing is then let's then can we have certain things be current, like abundance and joy and bliss? And that's the reason why I, you know, posted my yeah. little uh, Dame photo earlier today because I'm like, there he is, I saw it. <laughs> I was like, don't forget to play. That's like, important. Black love okay, is right. resistance. It's okay. Black play, black joy, black fun. Girl, you know what I want to do? I want to get like um, the Grace Tribe. I want to get like Derek Grace's um, daughter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Silk has been following him for a while now. Yeah, Derek, somebody posted me on his thing because he said he was ready. He'll be ready by Friday to put up $500,000 for a school. Yeah. And he's like, who, 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 who gonna do it with me? And I'm like, well, I need till December. I don't, he been in business for seven years, okay. Right, <laughs> right. This is a year and a half ago. <laughs> right. Got half a billion followers and half a billion, uh, and half a billion dollars to invest. You know, he, this man be out here investing money in stock market. Yeah, he, he, lo- he He lost $73,000 in a day of trading another 65,000 like he got he got money okay yeah this yeah. has been following him for at least the last two or three years yep yeah. and you know and he if he he about it if he if he ain't no Omar Johnson if he gonna build a if he say he gonna build a school he gonna build a school <laughs> Yes, I said. Let me talk about my lady. (laughs) Listen, some of my white friends gonna be like, "Who's Umar?" (laughs) Oh my goodness! Umar ain't never been right ever since he got caught with them two, them two uh girls, two sex workers. He ain't never been. He ain't never been. Young millennials, they're not playing with your ass. They're not. They're really not. When, when the Mack truck, the not even Mack truck, it was fucking eighteen wheeler drove his fucking truck into the demonstration. They went and beat his ass. Okay, I saw that. I saw that. I was like, yo, they're not playing, and I'm all for it. I'm here for it. I love it. I absolutely, absolutely love it. But I just hope that, you know, like you said, with the art, like, because as people don't understand, like, the whole aspect of magic, right? So every time there's a void created and there's something, you need to put something in that void, you know, like the universe will rush to fill the void. So that's the reason why we need to be creating, you know, like you said, with the art, in addition to the destruction. Because once we burn shit down, there's a void. What are we going to fill it with? 
You know what I'm saying? So I'm really hoping, like, these young <laughs> kids is thinking about that too, yo, because um, we need both sides for balance. But, yeah, they are. Girl, they I know to, to listen. We, I'm working on wealth and health. Okay. Right. You're going to be buying some land. I'm super excited about that. We're about to start learning weapons. Okay. Mm-hmm. Getting armed. It's going to be real fun. And these people out here, listen, they got time. They got energy. They're beautiful. They're informed yes. and educated. They're willing to walk out and handle whatever needs to be handled. They'll be in your fucking face. They're not afraid of the police. They're really not afraid of the police. Not at all. That's crazy. I love it. I'm here for it. So, yes, um, and there was one there was one um incident too where there was a girl on her hands and her knees with her um her hands her, on her knees and her hands up and the police threw her but then a black officer a black female officer stepped in and went the fuck off on this police officer. What? So I'm not afraid like this is, these are high emotional times these are charged times, you know. Yeah. So, no, she is like, she is not here for it. She went the fuck off like that. You know, you know how only a black woman can. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. I love it. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see how things go. Um, we're going to be waiting and watching. I know that this month will be definitely more conflict. You know, me and still did the astrological weather and it's not going to let up, but it's necessary conflict. Um, it's conflict for the sake of transformation. So it needs to play out. Um, it definitely needs to be intentional. Um, it needs to have a purpose, you know, like you were saying earlier about just being organized and, and everything. And, um, and if you're not, you know, organizing your, 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 your resistance, then you need to just be working on your own shit, getting your business together, getting your health together, getting your money up, like, you know, hugging your babies, like, (laughs) you know so i know me personally um i'm glad we had this conversation because so i can release it that's also i'm still i was like i'm so excited i was like i'm about to hop in this call with io so that way we can talk and i can just be done with this whole thing um because i want to start flooding my instagram with sex stuff so that's what y'all about to see for the next Listen, they, I was thinking that you know Tatiana Tarot. She, um, yes. she was telling people like rest has a role in revolution. Let me see. Let me find the post real quick. Okay, so she said rest also has a role in the revolution, helping us to sustain the momentum, regenerate, and restore. Make it a mindful practice to come back up for air in the midst of this. Get your care on lock. We're in this for the long haul. That's important. That's important. Taking care. Because let me tell you, I've just been laying in my bed, stress eating, emotional, Mm. crying. I didn't cry a lot, but I was crying a little bit. Right. Calling my friends at all times of the day and night. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, because us empaths, we are not okay right now. Even the ones of us who actually have a regular practice, we are not okay. You know, like it's taken a lot for us to get it together to do this shit for, for ourselves and for others. Like, I just want to nap. 
Like, I don't even want to do anything else but pack orders and nap. Listen, I've gained weight. I'm bloated as fuck. I just, I feel like I haven't been sleeping. It, it really, yeah. it's real. But I, I, so I do think like, having orgasms, resting, thinking about your future, your the future of your health, the future of your wealth, the future of your family. That's very important. Right. I always tell people you cannot manage a business if you cannot manage the bathroom. Meaning if your right. bathroom is a filthy ass mess, how are you going to manage taking care of thousands of customers? You have got to be able to start with yourself. We talked about this, the, the inner revolution, the personal revolution, re, the family revolution, and then moving out mm-hmm. into the community, you know? Right, right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I am like, I'm going to, I was talking to Silk earlier today. I was just telling him how um, I'm going to be pulling back and just kind of not, I'm going to take a social media break. I'm actually going to reduce my availability for readings. Um, I need to just kind of focus on getting more rest. And um, because even with, because we even talk about the astrology, like we got several planets in retrograde and we're going into eclipse season. So, you know, there's two planets in retrograde um, that are, that directly affect my health when they are retrograde and they're retrograde at the same time. So I have to be very mindful of my health right now, you know, in addition to all this collective stuff that's going on, you know, so, you know. That was Padrino's thing too, is that he, he actually received a reading early last year telling him that something would happen um this year uh that would be mis- some type of a mysterious illness and he needed to um um do ebo and he needed to start saving money because something would happen to slow down the business and they didn't know what it was but he got that he got that a year ago mm-hmm. yeah right and I had been getting warnings about just my health in general and, you know, and, and I'm generally healthy anyway, but when you, I mean, there's only, there's only really still so much you can do in the middle of a pandemic. And then now you got this collective energy going on of low vibration, you know? Yes. So, um, you know, then there's planetary stuff because we are affected by the planet. So I've just decided just to put my health first, you know, and that's also inspired by the conversation yeah. we've had about our health, you know. Girl, because gonna... that, you know, that was big. Like the spirits, they, my spirit told me, start saving money. You need to have a hundred thousand saved by the end of the year. And I was like, okay, that's mm-hmm. cool. Like they didn't tell me why until this week. And then, and they've been doing that to me lately. Like they, like I knew I was going to move. And then I was like, where am I moving to? Am I moving back to Vegas? Am I going home to New York? Am I staying in Miami? Like, where am I going? They would not tell me, girl. And then it was a situation where like, um, maybe two and a half weeks before I actually moved, a bunch of boxes showed up at my house. Oh, I so think I, I remember you did. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I ordered something from a company. It did not take that many boxes, but it was like, it was dozens of boxes. And it was just stacked out my house, outside of my door for two and a half weeks. And then I was like, King, just take these boxes away. I ain't moving no time soon. And then maybe three days later, the police were like, you cannot be in this building. You cannot Mm -hmm. come back here to work. And I was like, okay, bring me my boxes back. (laughs) And then then I ended up moving. but you know late last year and pressure's really been on for the last few weeks is to uh take care of my health yeah and i'm like um in addition to preserving my life you know what the fuck is coming now right you know what what is coming now right right yeah, I'm just like especially when they told me when I was 17 you need to learn how to fast fight and pray. Mhm. I'm sorry, girl, fast, you fast fight and like, run. You can't, you can't gain that weight back that you just lost, girl. No, that is not it. Mm-mm. We ain't doing that. Girl, right. I lost that weight so easily, <laughs> so quickly. I've just been like I've been out of it. Mm-hmm. I've just in yeah. I haven't been taking this much current events and news information into my mind in a very long time so Mm, some of it's junk some of it's confusing to me and I've had a lot of questions I've had a lot of questions because I was like why what the fuck is like what kind of psychological game and I and I do look at a lot of things like psychologically because I'm a psychologist so I look at things that way and I'm so my my main question has been what is the psychological game that is being played when you see us seeing you see us Mm. while we're recording you doing this Mm. like so you want us to know that it doesn't matter you want us to know that we can watch you do these things and it won't make a difference you want yeah. us to know that. And I'm yeah. like, well, what is the fucking, what's this whole thing? Why has it been an onslaught right. of all of these things? And I understand it astrologically, right? The pandemic happening, possible war. Like, I, I see that. Well, I don't see because I'm not a an astrologer. But my astrologer told me that something huge was going to happen and um, systems that have been in place in in embedded into our the structure of our society would be changing this year so I, I kind of you know I knew that this year was mm-hmm. probably not gonna be fun um and I feel like the last three years have been some bullshit but whatever so but I'm like what is it like we have a pandemic y'all blowing that out of proportion we have it just, and it just seems like one thing after the other after another. so I'm it's like okay lot. so what is it that's happening that that we're not seeing though right so then i learned that there are all of these rape charges and all of we're in preliminary um voting right now the, sorry the primaries right now and then we got these fucking people on trial right which i did not know at all i did not know that anybody was on trial at all until like yesterday right and I'm like, okay. They will forever like the smoke screen. I I hate that the smoke screen. <laughs> I just I, just be critical and vigilant because I'm still like, but why Girl, though? I'm going to be just, just fasting from social media. 
Mm. And I'm only gonna post stuff that that have to do with my business. I'm getting in sex. <laughs> I'm gonna post, yeah, that's. Post I mean, that's what black next... businesses should be doing right now. Right, black creatives and thinkers and leaders and business owners should be they should be showing their their full beautiful black lives, their black right. joy, their black love, their black mm-hmm. fucking money and brilliance and excellence and resistance and protesting and being our own damn news outlet. So, <sighs> but I feel you taking a break. I. Ooh. Mm-hmm. This goddamn, I say it all the time. This cell phone is a portal. Right. (laughs) It is. I'm like, I'm going to take a break. I'm reducing my availability. Because folks have been keeping me busy with these readings. And I'm grateful. But I'm like, for my own, I literally been booked up every weekend since the beginning of March for readings. So I'm like, I need a break. You know, I blocked off some time on Saturday. So, and I called my friend. I was like, look, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm about to come bring some wine, hang out at their house that evening, like, and just do something regular. I just want to do something real regular right now (laughs) out of my house, you know? So, yeah, yeah, that's just focusing on my health and my wellness, you know, you know, and taking my Nutriverse and I ordered some and getting back on my yoga and I'm, I'm about like, to travel to Africa because you know <laughs> that's another thing listen I'm not playing that's another thing that motherfuckers were saying they was like um when I was in college and I'm a, I'm a post about this when I was in college one of my um one of my brothers I actually used to protest with him and like go on retreats and all types of stuff with these men and um brother Amari so people would know, like he was always around. He was protesting. He he would show up at the city council. Like he he wasn't. He wasn't <laughs> he was full time, too. So anyway, um, one of the things that he said is when he went to travel and visit Africa, what they said to him, sis, what they said to him was when you know he he told him about the things we were dealing with here in the states. Somebody looked at him and said, "Why don't y'all just come home?" that's what they said why don't you just come home Hmm. Hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah I'm so glad we had this talk (laughs) <laughs> Me too. I'm about to go read 50 Cent new book <laughs> and go kiss on the king. Oh king my goodness. Girl, I'm about to go. I bought me some brand new sheets and a brand new comforter and I'm about to Period. lay out. I, I just wanted to feel some new soft fabric on my skin when I sleep. So I'm about to go and just be in this bed. <laughs> Girl, go live your this. best black life, sis. Girl, and I'm a po- that's the only thing I'm going to be posting for the next several days. <laughs> Girl, yes. Go live your best black life. Man, but I Please definitely do. appreciate this. This was very good for me. It was a very good release. Yeah. And I'm glad that I said everything I said so that way I can just shift and focus on just other things that are just more, not more important, but more um, fulfilling, I guess, would be yeah. a better word. Because, mm-hmm. yes, let's make no motherfucking, what do they say? Make no mistake. Um, our, our attention to a great degree is being controlled right now. And right. there's a reason. 
Right. And there's some people who they're I'm this way as well. Karis is this way. You are this way. I feel like Benicia is this way. Our, you will not control our attention. Mm, we will right. think about and work on and focus on what we choose to. Right. And right. Um, all these people policing folks on social media just seem to be okay with that. Right. Mm. They need orgasms. I need to add just so I can send them vibrators or toys or something. Oh, yes. <laughs> Maybe that's a vibrator. I can help the cause hand out machetes and vibrators. Like, <laughs> girl, I'm going to call this motherfucking episode machetes and vibrators. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Yes, the studies and vibrators. <laughs> yes, I need oh everybody so to be much, having girl. the best sex. Yes, you're welcome. Girl, that's you. what I got under my bed right the fuck now. I'm a shitty <laughs> and a vibrator. That's my real life. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Yo, these people are going to be listening thinking we crazy. This is how we talk, y'all. This is us all day, every day. Just this so you is know. a real conversation. The real welcome. ass conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, remember everything I said, but I meant it. Just so y'all know, I meant it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, girl. So yeah, thank you so much. Have a good night. And um, I love you and I appreciate you I so, you so much. I appreciate you too. Thank you so much for coming and joining me. This is Chrysalis Sun and the Bossy Bruja signing back off. Yes. Good night. Bye, girl. (laughs) Bye.